On today's show, we are talking about the 76ers and the Dallas Mavericks. That'll be tonight in Philadelphia at the center. Why this is such a big game against a Western Conference opponent. We'll get into that right here on Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens, co-host of this podcast, along with Keith Pompey of the Inquirer.com. We are joined today by Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavs. It's great to have Nick here with us. And thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On 76ers podcast. Again, welcome. Keith, as always, good to see you, man. What's good, man? What's good? What's up, Nick? How you been, buddy? Devon, we got Keith on YouTube. We did it. He's on YouTube. Yes, <laughs> everyone can see him now. <laughs> yeah, start throwing the darts now or throwing something at me now. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Absolutely. Let's, let's get them in there because there will be some darts thrown on Friday night tonight with the Dallas Mavericks in town starting a three-game homestand for the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, Nick, welcome. Thanks for joining us, man. And uh, the Mavs are coming in tonight, joining the 76ers, 42-26, and 26, a huge win on the road in Brooklyn. Absolutely a huge win. This Mavericks team is just completely different than what we saw at the beginning of the season. I know if you're a Sixers fan, you probably – you know, saw some things at the beginning of the season. Luca came in out of shape. This team wasn't playing well. What's Jason Kidd going to be? There's all kinds of questions. There was Porzingis at the beginning of the year. All kinds of questions for this Mavericks team. Uh, you know, I'm the NBA channel manager for Locked On, and I put everybody in groups at the beginning of the year. And there was groups that are like, these are the contenders. These are the tankers. These sure. are like the ones in no man's land. And I put a whole group of people together that was like the questionables. They all had these massive big questions. I think the Sixers were one of them because of Ben Simmons. And then the Mavs were one of them because of Porzingis. And now, at this point in the season, both of these teams have now answered, I think, a lot of those questions. We know what Porzingis is going to bring for the Mavs. He brought in Spencer Dinwiddie. And now Spencer Dinwiddie exactly. has become that, <laughs> that secondary ball handler the Mavs needed. We know what Ben Simmons brought to the Sixers. He brought... Uh, you know, he brought James Harden. And so now James Harden is that perimeter option that the, the Sixers have needed for so long. And so now these teams are kind of in, you know, sort of similar situations. Obviously, Sixers way more, way more talent than the Mavs have right now, but they have all their mm -hmm. questions kind of answered. No, they have. And Keith, as we look into this one, getting ready for the Mavs and to come in, there's still some questions that need to be answered, though, for the 76ers. Yeah, the biggest question is who's going to stop Luka Donich? You know, uh, Luca <laughs> is a big, big guard. Now, in the past, I will say this. The Sixers had some success against them when Ben Simmons played. You know, they would Absolutely. put Matisse Thibel on them a little bit, right? But for the most part, when it was kind of like clutch time, key times, it was Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons' athleticism, his length, used to give Luca problems. The last time they played, and Nick, you were in the building, the last time they played, Luca like – basically took the game over in the second quarter, late in the first quarter, but the second quarter. Mm -hmm. So to me, the biggest question is who's going to stop Luca. Now, I guess you could go on the other, uh, other way and say, well, who's going to stand in the way and stop uh, Joel Embiid. But D 
we've been around this Sixers team for a long time, and we've seen how perimeter players have dominated them. We've seen that. So to me, that's the biggest question. Yeah, that's that's been a thing for seasons where they've had issues with perimeter players, whether it be smaller guards, when Kimber Walker would put up 60, Bradley Beal would put up 60, and also you can go in the wing, more wing players, the bigger players that could also do the same thing. But you're right. As far as Luka goes, Ben Simmons has absolutely played some solid perimeter defense on Luka, making him struggle a little bit. He'll still get his numbers, but he definitely had to work for him. And that's the key, I think, Nick, with this one on uh, tonight, where you have Matisse Thybul, second-team All-NBA defender, uh, and, and a starting role now for the 76ers. It's never really about, in my opinion, when you have elite players like Luka Doncic and so many others uh, stopping them. It's about minimizing their damage that they do to your team. So with you seeing Luka Doncic and the success that he's having, he had 37, nine rebounds, nine assists, if I'm not mistaken, against the Brooklyn Nets in their win on Wednesday night. How do you slow him down and make things difficult for him where he's a bit frustrated out there in the game like we have seen Ben Simmons do in the past. You got to make choices, right? You have to make a decision. Are you going to sell out and do what makes Kevin Durant so mad and sell out and double him? Okay, Luka has seen more doubles than any player in the NBA this year. He just sees it more often than anybody else. So you can try that. The other Mavs have to beat you at that point. Before, when it was Porzingis and you know a couple of like spotty shooters and things like that, that was a little bit better of, a, of an option. Now it's Spencer Dinwiddie, it's Jalen Brunson, it's guys that can attack the rim. And so if you're spreading the floor out with you know five wide with Maxi out there as the five, or sometimes they even play Dorian at the five, you know, then all of a sudden you're you're spreading the floor out. Wow. Trying to get jo- Joel Embiid away from the you know away from the rim, and then those guys can drive in and and score. Um, so those you have to make those kind of decisions with Luca. Being physical with him has worked for like team for teams like the Clippers and the playoffs and things like that. But even that Clippers team barely, barely slowed Luca down. Right. It's yeah. almost the decision yeah. you almost have to make is all right. If we force him into taking the step back as many times as he can, you have to hope that he just shoots you know a worse percentage than like 40, 50 percent at nights, which he does. I mean, he's not an incredible three point shooter, and he has a lot of nights where he doesn't shoot the ball well. Uh, and that's sort of what you have to hope for. But Keith, you mentioned that that Luca took the game over. You know what took the game over the last time these two teams faced oh, was yeah, that yeah. was that rim on the other I end remember. of the court. Oh, yeah. I was I was sitting there in the <laughs> arena. That first quarter took thirty real time minutes to, to yeah. finish because Luca noticed that the rim was off, and then they had to fix the rim. And then there's that whole delay. And I I think I was in the arena from like like six p.m. till like. 2 a.m. Like <laughs> trying like just for that one game because of that whole stop. I know for sure in the studio <laughs> as I did post game. I didn't yeah. leave post. I didn't leave the studio till 2 a.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time. I didn't leave. It was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, 40, I blew my like deadline. 45 minute delay. Yeah, yeah. I blew my deadline. But, but it was funny because then Bobon was you know he just <laughs> does what Bobon does. He just stands up and just you know, thought he fixed it. And like whoa, it's it's not fixed. And then you when you saw the guys running back. You know what I mean? Like to like off the court, you're like, uh oh, they got to, they have to bring in a new one. Yeah, you're right. It was thirty something minutes, um, of real time. Well, actually, it was longer than that for real time. But yeah, it was it was that was a crazy night. That was a crazy night. But um, you know, you know, I, I I'm really impressed with this Dallas Mavericks team, and and the reason we were talking about Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, think about uh, D how he used to dominate the Sixers. Back in the day while, when he was while with, Brooklyn. with Brooklyn. Yeah, he right. used to come in there, Nick, and just destroy him. It was embarrassing. 
the things he used to do to him. <laughs> it was like, you, like the Sixers fans would get elated when Spencer Dinwiddie didn't play. You know, and we're talking like, <laughs> you know, it's not KD. I mean, am I right? Am I right, D? No, like when Spencer right. yeah, Dinwiddie go, didn't play. Go trade play. for him. Go trade yeah. for him. That's what he calls Every him team for. has those guys. Yeah. Every team has those guys that just kill your team, right? For the Mavs, it's like Julius Randle. Yeah. DJ Augustine. I don't know why it's DJ Augustine, but that dude just comes in and he's like, I'm gunning for the Mavs. It's probably because he played at Texas yeah. or something like that. But, but yeah, there's always those, those players. You know what, guys? I want to talk to you guys about bet online, right? It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is fully upon us. From all the latest odds, context, and prayer pops, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, right? Head to the website today and use the mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions, right? And it's not just about basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casinos games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And, fellas, we do need to also talk about the parallels of Luka Doncic, as we mentioned him a lot in the first segment, but also James Harden, a new acquisition for the 76ers. They are now 7-2 and two with him in the lineup after the victory over the Cavs on Wednesday night. Huge matchup here tonight. And, and Nick, as you talked about, the wings that the Dallas Mavericks have to throw at different players as well, from Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, before Tim Hardaway Jr., now Spencer Dinwiddie just different bodies that you can throw at James Harden now. So when you look at him and what he's been able to do with the 76ers and Spencer Dinwiddie as well coming in, helping the Dallas Mavericks, but these two star players, these all-star players and James Harden and Luka Doncic and what they mean to their teams, obviously Luka an MVP candidate, James Harden just stepping in and having some minimal success here as we start things off of the James Harden era. But uh, the parallels of how things have uh, turned around again here in Philadelphia. So, Keith, I'll start with you with Harden part, and then we'll get to Nick with the uh, Luca angle and even Spencer Dinwiddie. And, and James Harden, 7-2 and two now, only two losses with him in the lineup, uh, and, and how things have been as for the new people who haven't heard, of course, with the new listeners potentially coming from the Dallas side of what James Harden has meant to the Sixers in a positive way overall so far uh, during his nine games. You know, I'll say this, the James Harden has been a surprise, right? And I know some yeah. people are saying, what are you talking about? He's a not a perennial all-star, perennial all-NBA type player. But with James Harden, is the, 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 if there's a problem right now that people want him to do, they want James Harden to be more aggressive. And that sounds crazy, right? You know, James Harden, you think of iso ball, you think of him scoring all these right. points. And now they're saying they want him to get more shots up because he's been distributing the rock to uh, Tobias Harris, to Tyrese Maxey, to uh, Joel Embiid, of course, and, 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 and a slew of other players, right? So right now what the Sixers want from James to do is be a little bit more aggressive um, in that category. But 
as far as being like a coach on the floor, he's been that guy. I mean, he's the one that's, you know, uh, telling guys when they make mistakes, going over plays and, and doing all those other things. Now, my thing is when you look at James Harden and we have to be real here, you know, he's not as explosive as he has been in the past. I mean, right now, I think he he's getting over that hamstring injury. Uh, he was out of basketball for over a month. So he's trying to get his shot back together. He's trying to get his step back, get that step back. But um, he's not there. But when you talk about the comparisons of the two, I mean, you know, I, Luca is Harden 2.0 to me. I, and I'm talking about Harden in his prime. Like, he's still in his prime, but I'm talking about MVP Harden. You're talking about 30-plus a game MVP James Harden. Yes. I, I, that's, what, that's what I think. I mean, look at it. You know, the only thing is, you know, I, I guess it's obvious one guy's a black guy from L.A., the other guy's a, a European guy, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's the obvious. But when you look at their their height, their skill set, their strength, I mean, there's a yeah. very they're very similar. And it's funny that you say that we were talking about this because I remember when I spoke to Doc Rivers the first time about about Harden, he brought up Luca. He brought up yeah. Luca. So, you know, it, there are a lot of comparisons. And, and, and Nick, can you just touch on, you know, uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, th- these two guys, I mean, they, they rely on the you – know, I talked about it in the first segment. What yeah. do you do to stop these guys? You have to try and basically make them make the shot that they're known for, right? That step-back three. Luca has how many game winners sure. has he hit with the step-back? James Harden has hit more step-backs than probably like – if you think about it, the majority of NBA players have probably hit shots, right? Because the majority of NBA players over history, there's a ton of them, right? And they probably didn't hit a ton of shots in their career. James Harden maybe has hit more step back threes than some of those guys, like some guys in their entire career. It's wild to think about. He was just so far and away above everybody else when you look at those uh, those totals. And so for these two guys, you have to make those decisions. You have to decide, okay, what do you want to what do you want to you know sell out? And for the Mavs, they also have to they have to stop Joel Embiid in the paint. And they're, what they did in that Good first luck. game. Exactly what they did that, and they they do it playing smaller, like Dwight Powell's, like six nine, six ten center, Maxi Kleba's yep. six nine, six ten center, um, and those guys aren't the biggest, strongest guys, and uh, they're not going to throw Boban out there. Marquise Chris is coming back from an injury; he had been kind of a you know a help to them. But uh, what they did in that first game was they they're going to throw a double at him every single time and hope that those other guys beat them. Okay, well in that first game that they played this year, those other guys were you know Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris. Um, they had okay games. Maxi had 18 in that game. Tobias only scored 13. Uh, but now that other guy is James Harden. <laughs> like all of a sudden, when you have two guys like that with with uh, you know Harden and Embiid, it makes it a lot harder for a defense like that. Reggie Bullock for the Mavs is going to be out, and so for the Mavs, they haven't had their full complement of of wings to be able to you know play the rotating defense that they they've been they've been playing to where they can throw the double like they did against KD the other night. And then recover really quick and get the other guy across the court when he's, you know, when it's thrown James Harden or somebody else. Uh, so that's going to be a little different. That's going to be a little difficult. Um, but these two guys and Harden and, and Luca, uh, you guys think that, that these teams can win titles if they're just solely relying on a guy like that? Or do you think that they have to have a guy like Embiid next to him? I think this is going to be a really interesting experiment in the playoffs with, with the Sixers this year. It is. And when we looked at last season, Embiid had a phenomenal postseason. And you had Seth Curry, honestly, played really well 
especially in that Atlanta series until he didn't defensively in that game seven where Kevin Herter hung 27. Hey, Seth Curry trying (laughs) to defend above his weight in the playoffs. Been there. Been there. Yeah. I still have have visions of him guarding Kawhi in the playoffs. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it it was tough, man. But, yeah, so I I think, of course, with with Embiid being Embiid, he's going to get his. To your point now, it's – having that other guy and that other guy being James Harden is not a bad, not a, not a bad option. And it's a little bit different from him in the past where he was always the option and had the secondary being Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, in no particular order, but those were his guys, even Chandler Parsons, if we go all the way back uh, to when they really first started getting things going in Houston. But now you have him as the second option. What is he going to be doing? Tyrese Maxey has been there. He had a big game six against the Atlanta Hawks. So, how do they get it done? And so far, Nick, paying attention from afar, I'm sure you've seen it, that Tyrese Maxey has had really good games as the third option, if you will. Tobias Harris is now starting to show that uh, uh, that option as well as a third or even a fourth, but also getting high double digits when we're talking somewhere between 16, 19, and even 26 that he also had in the game against the Orlando Magic. So I, I think personally, and Keith and I have talked about this on this Locked On 76ers podcast, that the depth overall with the help off the bench outside of George Niang and I guess Danny Green, there has to be someone else that steps up. So to your question, you can, but the Sixers still, it seems they're still missing something. I don't know how it is for you with the uh, top heavy West that has Phoenix, Memphis, and Golden State, and now Seth, Steph Curry potentially out indefinitely with the ankle or the foot injury. Uh, what about you with Luca and the supporting cast that he has there? How far do you believe that the Mavs can go? I still think they're a piece away, right? Like I still think that I still think they sure. need that that other guy. I mean, the centers are it, that is kind of a problem. Um, but I mean, like you just mentioned, this West. Like I was just looking at some of the injuries for the teams right now in, in the West. Like the West is a little wide open. The Suns with Chris Paul. Like is that a sure thing? He comes back and is pretty good, probably. Right? It's just a hand injury. Yeah, he will. Uh, yeah. He'll come back. Yeah. So that team will be a, a buzzsaw <laughs> it's still. Just a hand injury. <laughs> yeah. Just a hand. It's all. It's all. Well, you know, played, you only shoot pass with one arm. <laughs> He yeah. played with one arm last last season in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just a hand. Funny. Just a hand. You don't use that. Yeah. Um, but then, like, is is Memphis really scaring you in the playoffs? The Mavs have won the season series against Memphis this year. They kind of had their number over the last couple of years. Golden State Warriors with with Steph Curry. That one's definitely more concerning than Chris Paul. Like, I don't know if I would joke For about the, sure. the Curry injury right now being a foot. Um, the Utah Jazz. The Mavs have have been okay with that matchup, and. I, you know, I don't think anyone's scared of them in the, in the playoffs at this point. Uh, and then there's the Nuggets, kind of same thing with with the the Sixers and you know, have Embiid and or and they have Jokic and Jokic is going to get his numbers, but who else is going to beat you on that team? Um, and so yeah, I, the Mavs can go if they if they avoid the Suns. I think they can match up with anybody, but I, I wouldn't. I'm, they're not going to be favored, and I wouldn't pick them to go to the finals. Uh, but if everything goes right and the team gets real hot and like Maxi gets his three point shooting back, Bullock is continues to shoot the way he did in February. Like Dorian continues the way he's shooting right now. If those guys hit enough threes and play the defense. We know they can play. Like I guess it's in play. I guess even Davies Bertans, since you added him to the roster, to, he can to do what? Certainly hit a shot. He can certainly <laughs> hit a shot. I don't. I, Whew, you know, man, he, he, he that. He can cast that check of that big number. That the, isn't it funny it to, to the Mavs. I don't mean to like make fun of him or anything like that, but think about it. When he was up for that money, that contract, he he Lights destroyed out. the the Sixers. I mean, Nick, yes, it did. was crazy, wasn't it? 
It was like, yo, yeah. everybody in yeah. Philly was like, we need to get him. Yeah, go we get need that to guy. trade Correct. for him. And then Correct. after yeah. he got paid, it's like, what happened? Yeah. What well, happened? the 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 situation in Washington is so weird, right? Like Dinwiddie has talked about it a lot, where he said, you know, oh, you know, that situation was weird. Nobody knew where their minutes were coming from. And then Dinwiddie's whole situation, where he was trying to be a leader, and they were like, no, don't be a leader. We don't like you. And then not you, not you, not you, not you, anybody but you. And they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave, and then they're gonna be worse. And I don't know. That whole situation in, in Washington this year was weird. And now Bertans, I'll I'll give him a little bit of, of credit. Is that he's um, when the the situation in Ukraine first started happening. He, he the, one of the right. first one of the first things he said after a post game was, "Hey, I, I can't think about anything besides what's happening over there." He's from Latvia, uh, and he's like, "This this whole conflict is very close to home for me, and it's really close to involving my family." And so, I know we're, I'm going to clown on him because he he, I mean, he goes one for eight from three. It feels like every game, but uh, he's got a lot on his mind right now. I don't think he's going to factor into the playoffs, to be honest. No, that's, that's interesting because he definitely can knock it down. Whenever he's in a good place, I, I guess, when the contract is up, he can certainly uh, hit, hit some shots for you. But, guys, we can uh, preview the game. Uh, we have to get into a little bit more of the game preview and also look at uh, Maxie and Brunson, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxie, how they're fair in this one as we continue to do that. And uh, let me tell you guys about, well, as I try to get back into it as far as uh, my playing shape and getting into back into the game. And I started on you guys' advice, uh, taking a little bit of the Athletic Green series here. And that's because they have been a fantastic, high-quality uh, uh, product here where I don't have to – I don't like taking vitamins. I'm never, I'm never responsible enough to remember to take the vitamins <laughs> and, and, and all of these things, these food source – different types of things that they have out there, the vitamins and all of that. I just can't get into it. So what I've been doing, again, speaking with you guys, is to pay attention to what Athletic Greens does, in fact, uh, bring to. So it's a more of a healthy lifestyle, a friendly lifestyle, uh, whether you like to eat keto or vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, uh, this is, is for you. GMOs, no nasty chemicals or anything like that. Uh, while you're still tasting good food overall, supports better sleep quality, which I need working late nights. Recovery supports mental clarity and alertness as we have to deal with some sometimes these tough losses and all of that. So it's one of the things that's the best things overall. Athletic Greens use the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So I encourage everybody to get involved. Check it out. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So listen, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system big time. The weather is changing. It's starting to look nice out there with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into this new season where allergies and all starting to get into everything. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to take out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health like I have and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Again, 
Devon Givens, Keith Pompey, joined by Nick Engstead of Locked On Mavs. And we have to talk about the game tonight in Philadelphia, second matchup between the Mavs and the 76ers, both coming in identical records, 42 and 26. Sixers in third place in the Eastern Conference standings. The Mavs right now in fifth, still fighting for a good position. I have to ask this before we get into Tyrese Maxey and Jalen Brunson, Nick. You hear a lot of positioning for your first round matchup or positioning for matchup in the postseason. Do you get the sense that that's also the case there in your town for the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, we're going to talk about it. I'm, I'm going to talk about it every day. Okay, can they pass <laughs> up the Jazz? Can we avoid sure, four right. potentially four games in Utah? I'm not sure if you guys have been to a playoff game in Utah. Uh, Keith, have you ever been to a, a playoff game in Utah? Nah, not in Utah. I've Is heard it, they're not crazy. great. <laughs> no, they're not. Oh, oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like after the game, the nightlife? That's uh, not no, great. I, or the game. <laughs> I wasn't even going there. But oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Dirk said it's not a good town. Oh. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with Dirk. Oh, but yeah. just that you know, the fans are real close to the court, and they have a home court advantage there. And so, yeah, we, you know, we've talked about it a lot. You know, a couple people have tried to ask different Mavericks and Jason Kidd and. Uh, the answer has just been it's too early to do that. I don't know when is not early enough for teams to mention it. They probably never will. Um, but the Mavs have the, you know, as, as incentive as anybody to get into that top four seed, to get home court advantage. They are tied with the Jazz right now. The Jazz own that tiebreaker, so the Mavs would have to finish with a better record than them to get up there. But the Warriors, now without Steph for an extended period of time, that's going to be right. a really interesting thing to see if they can catch them. They're three and a half back from them. The Mavs have 13 games left. The Warriors have 12 games left. So that'll be weird to try and see. Um, and for the Sixers, I mean, they're they're right in the thick of it. I mean, they're a game back from from the Bucks, a game up on the Celtics. I mean, seeding has to matter for for the Sixers a lot too. No doubt. Yeah, big time. I mean, and when you look at the 76ers, um, you know, I, I know everything is that every like nationally, everyone's talking about how great the team is and. They are playing well. Embiid, Embiid is, has my vote to be MVP. Um, James Harden has been a great co-star. But I honestly believe if the Sixers get the wrong first-round matchup, their season could end early, could end in the first round. I, I think that when you look at the 76ers, the best-case scenario for them is to get the third spot and for the Cleveland Cavaliers to some while, some way, some while, uh, somehow, I couldn't get it out, hold on to number mm-hmm. six. I think that um, Toronto is a bad matchup for them. Toronto, to me, when you look at the Raptors, they have a bunch of six, eight dudes you never heard of before. A bunch of them. And then they go there and they, they like, they're kind of like interchangeable parts. And they play well. And I think that they're going to be a bad matchup for the Sixers. They're going to force Embiid to come outside. They're going to play a zone. They're going to do a lot of different things. And I get it. I know Harden's here, right? And I get that. But at the same time, there's still a bad matchup. The other team, if I'm the 76ers, I want to stay completely away from. I mean, to the point that I want uh, the league to sign a a petition and put the Brooklyn Nets in the Western Conference. I feel like that if Brooklyn it plays the Sixers, is I don't think the Sixers can match up with them. I just don't. I mean, you look at Embiid, he's a great player. But I feel like Brooklyn, as much as the people in Philadelphia hate Ben Simmons, the players in Brooklyn hate James Harden for the reason because he left, right? They're not yeah. going to come out and yeah. say it, but they're going to play hard for them. 
And I also think that by the time the playoffs come, Kyrie is going to be playing home and away games. So, you know, I just feel like those are bad matchups for the Sixers. Again, I, I don't like them playing against Boston, right? I feel like their best bets to get out of the first round is Chicago and Cleveland. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, listen, I hear you. It's going to be a fun, fantastic uh, playoff run for both teams, of course, in each conference. And uh, I do have to ask you, though, Nick, when we look at these two players and Embiid and Harden and you, speaking of Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie coming in, you have three ball handlers, and the third being Jalen Brunson. He's had a an interesting career there, uh, interesting season where it looked as if he was going to be. He has been the starter, has been doing some really good things there. And we, of course, are very familiar with his game from his time at Villanova, uh, as well as a standout player. Uh, we we talk about Tyrese Maxey as being maybe an X factor along with Tobias Harris and watching some of the Dallas games and also listening to you speak about it. It seems that Jalen Brunson is also one of the X factors for this team. So when you look at, can we look at them and say that they are also, when we talked about parallels earlier with Luka Doncic and James Harden, can we also look at where we have Maxey as an X factor? Can we look at that parallel and say Jalen Brunson can also be that for the Mavs? Yeah, I think they're in similar situations, right? Where they all of a sudden they had this situation where like Porzingis was miss- missing games. So Brunson became that second option for the Mavs. You know, Ben Simmons was out. And so Maxi kind of rose up and became that second option for the Sixers at a certain point. And then all of a sudden they bring in a new guy, Harden for the Sixers, Dinwiddie for the Mavs. And uh, now they've sort of like been bumped down the totem pole a little bit. Sure. I think Maxi has responded better to this than Brunson has so far. Um, Brunson is a guy that is really efficient getting to the rim and you know getting um, you know, getting shots around the rim, not necessarily at the rim, but around the rim in the paint. And he's he's worked in in that way. Um, but they need him. They need him to to hit some shots against some of these teams. He's been played off the floor in playoff games. You know they'll just put a guy like Tybal on him, or they'll just put you know a wing on him, and he'll just get taken out of games. And so that's a big thing that I think will affect the Mavs, and then I think will will affect the Sixers too with Maxi. Right? Like he has to be really big for the Sixers in order for them to probably beat some of those other teams if it's not the, you know, the Bulls or the Cavs or somebody like that. Right, absolutely. He needs to be that guy that can get you 20-plus from time to time. Be that third option is speed and so many different things. His improved three-point shooting also plays a big factor. Finally, before we let you go, Nick, and before we step out of here, uh, Keith, Nick, I got to ask you, MVP right now, who would you lean more towards? Keith said he'd probably give him B the, the vote right now. I was gonna you say vote, Nick. I'll defer Where to the guy going? with the I'll defer to the guy with the actual vote, right? I'm I'm going right. with MB, I'm going with MB. I mean, I think last night was a prime example. Um, he had to score 35 points and grab 17 rebounds for them to beat the Cavs. You know, and I think mm-hmm. it's been like that a, a lot. Well, I don't think it has been all that season. way a lot all been. season for the 76ers. So for that, uh, you know, he's the MVP. If Embiid had one of these injury plague seasons, the 76ers would probably be the seventh yeah. seed in, in 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 the East right about now. If if that <laughs> if that Nick, where does Luka Doncic fit in this conversation that uh, has a few less than 20 games now in the season? Yeah, I, th- I think he he's probably going to come in fourth, right? I think it's going to be like Embiid or Jokic. Giannis will probably get that third spot. And then it'll probably be Luca, and then probably DeRozan, right? Like that's probably going to be DeRozan. the top five. Yep. I don't know if anybody else like Tatum has made a little run here, but I don't think he rises to the occasion of 
uh, of MVP. So I think Luka probably slide into fourth. Does that placate Mavs fans that have been like, put him in the conversation, put him in the conversation. Like, okay, we'll, we'll put him in there. He's just fourth though. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's, prob that's probably where he is. The weird thing about these teams though, is if you look at, you can't really compare team success with these teams, right? Like the Sixers have 42 wins right now. The you know, Bucks have 44 wins. The Mavs have 43. The uh, Nuggets have 42 wins. Like they're all kind of in the same spot. There's not really that team. Yes, they like, are. The Bucks recently where they were like, you know, 60 win team and up there, there's not really a team like that that stands out. And so it's going to all come down to, you know, what do voters, what do voters um, value more? Do they value, okay, the team around you then okay, it's it's probably Jokic then because Jokic has the worst team of, of any of these with uh, Murray and Porter Jr. out. But that'll it'll be interesting to see how how it shakes out. No, absolutely will. Well, Nick, we have to thank you, man. It was a pleasure catching up with you and helping us preview the game tonight. Big one for both teams, as we've talked about for the entirety of of this this podcast. And make sure everyone uh, for all the people on the Sixers side, if you're interested in the Mavs and their run as well. Check out Nick. And even if you're not, Nick runs a great show overall on the Locked On Maps podcast. So check Nick out on the podcast. Tremendous work. They just had Theo Pinson on, and they were just talking about all real kinds fun. of stuff. So it was real fun. So make sure you check out Nick on the uh, Locked On Maps podcast. Keith and I will be back with you on Monday morning, going over the game on Sunday night against a tough Toronto Raptors team and previewing the game on Monday night, back-to-back -back situation, hosting the Miami Heat as well. I'm Devon Gibbons for Keith Pompey. And this is, again, thanks for making Locked On Matt, uh, 76ers, pardon me. I'm listening. I'm looking at you. Either one of them. On Make Matt. either one of them your first listen. <laughs> thanks for making Locked On 76ers <laughs> and Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. And again, our episode on Monday will be previewing the game on Monday night and going over everything that happened on Sunday night. Now make your second list in Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available whenever you get wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. <laughs>